Welcome to Compliance Beat, the podcast for compliance and ethics professionals. We provide practical insights and answer your questions about compliance and ethics. Together, we'll stay up to date on current trends so that your program stays effective. Brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Here's your host, Eric Moorhead. Welcome, and this time we're going to talk about three ways to reach remote workers. But first, I wanted to do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, I know it's last minute, uh, but for those of you who are in Texas, particularly those of you that are in Houston, and if you have time and are looking to get some excellent uh, uh, CCEP credit or CLE credit, uh, and particularly if you are in the energy sector, uh, the SCCE has their annual uh, Energy and Utilities Conference which will be going uh, from this Sunday, uh, February the 10th, through uh, Tuesday, February the 12th. And again, it's in Houston at the Western Oaks uh, there at the Galleria. Um, this is the same location I think that they used to have it year in, year out. And then it's been away uh, from Houston, which is, you know, let's be honest, it's the energy capital of the United States. Uh, it's been in Washington, D.C., I think, for a couple of years. But now it's back. Uh, in Houston, and I will be speaking on Monday the 11th at 11 a.m. I will be talking about, uh, surprise, surprise, for those of you who listen to me a lot, about written standards, uh, about code of conduct and other written standards, um, talking a little bit about uh, uh, regulatory and stakeholder expectations around written standards and and some process around written standards. So uh, I'd love it for you to come and see me, and if you already are planning to attend uh, the SCCE Utilities Conference, please uh, uh, see if you um, take a look at the, I think I'm uh, in a breakout session, so uh, take a look at the co competition and I hope that you uh, come see me. And if you are in Houston and uh, happen to be free either uh, both Monday and Tuesday or Sunday, Monday and Tuesday or one of those days and need to get some credit hours for CLE or for your CCEP, it's a great way to do it. It's a great conference. Um, you don't necessarily have to be in the utilities and energy sector. If you look at the agenda, if you go to corporatecompliance.org and look at the, uh, uh, the registration information, you'll see that there are a lot of topics that are really crossover topics. Uh, but if you are in the energy or utility sector, then obviously it does uh, apply. I know it's last minute. Uh, but if you happen to listen to this over the next couple of days and you're in the Houston area or you're going to be in the Houston area, I encourage you to attend. And if you already are planning to be there, I hope to see you. Um, we'll have a booth. Moorhead Consulting will have a booth up or a table, I guess. <laughs> More like it uh, at the Weston Galleria on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And we'll be giving away, uh, we usually do give away a Yeti, Yeti uh, tumbler or two. Uh, probably we'll be doing that. Um, so um, come by and, and say hi if you happen to be there and you are a listener. I'd sure love to see you. Uh, so with that, I wanted to talk a little, in thinking about utilities and energy and, and putting together my presentation for uh, Monday, uh, one of the things that is definitely true about uh, the utilities sector and, and the energy sector, but certainly the utilities sector, is you've got a lot of remote workers. You've got a lot of people that are out driving trucks, uh, climbing up on poles, uh, in remote locations, at power stations and uh, 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 drilling sites and offshore and all over the place. And so you have uh, the complicating factor 
uh, for communication training, um, making sure that people have access to uh, compliance resources uh, for remote workers. And I wanted to talk a little bit about some uh, things to keep in mind, just three things to keep in mind to keep it, as I always, always try to do, keep it simple, three things to keep in mind when trying to reach uh, those remote workers. The first uh, uh, topic that I want to bring up here, and I think it's the most important one, uh, and I will call it human resources. Um, I think that we naturally think of uh, tools, uh, ways to reach remote workers that involve technology, which I think is important. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. But do not, do not count out the human touch. Do not count out human resources here. Uh, and that you know will mean obviously uh, if you uh, are primarily responsible for compliance in your organization or you have a tight team, you can't be everywhere at once. So that is uh, why you have to uh, draft other human resources into the compliance communication training monitoring uh, uh, feedback loop that we want to create in our organizations. Uh, so the most important thing, and the thing that I think you want to spend the most time thinking about how to implement, is how to utilize the human resources that you have in your organizations to reach those uh, people out in the field. Um, this is going to mean uh, actually using human resources or using other uh, 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 systems that are already in place. It's going to possibly mean uh, creating ethics ambassadors, evangelists, heroes, whatever you want to call them, uh, people who have a operational responsibility, uh, probably more, more, more likely than not, or in, in some sort of management role, but also have an additional role, or have been deputized, if you will, uh, to help you uh, spread the gospel, uh, make sure that there are open lines of communication for reporting and asking questions and, and uh, making sure people get the information that they need and have uh, viable resources to report when they have questions. Um, you know, th there are many names for what you can call that person or persons, uh, and you don't necessarily have to, as, and I've said this before, remake the wheel. Um, you know, if we're talking about utilities, for example, um, which is obviously on my mind because I'm going to be talking to people that work for, uh, are responsible for compliance at utilities here in a couple of days, uh, they, uh, for the most part, probably have really robust uh, safety uh, processes in place and a safety network, uh, safety managers, people who are, uh, are responsible for safety, and people who are operational managers in the rank and file are familiar with safety because that's usually one of the most common and most reinforced messages uh, that's out there. Well, uh, you know, utilize that network that already exists. Utilize those people who are responsible for safety. Uh, look, take a look at how uh, safety training, safety messaging, safety communication, reporting around safety, resources around safety uh, have been implemented across the organization and see what you can uh, leverage, see what you can piggyback on, uh, see what you can replicate, see where there are opportunities for, for example, this is a very common one. Uh, in many organizations that have uh, people who are out in the field, uh, sometimes doing hazardous work or doing work that could be hazardous, out in trucks, up on poles, out at the uh, work site or the uh, drill site, um, they often will have, whenever they have a, a meeting, a team meeting, will have a safety minute or a safety moment or a safety message that's right at the top of the uh, meeting or discussion that they're having. 
Well, why not expand that to a broader safety and compliance message, if that's possible? Uh, you know, this is going to take some doing and some buy-in from uh, the already established safety organization, but it's uh, an easy way or easier way uh, than recreating a whole new network uh, and getting those messages that you need to get out there about harassment or uh, uh, proper use of organizational assets or whatever the topic might be. So use those human resources, use those systems that are already in place. Um, uh, the other thing that you uh, need that needs to be part and parcel with this utilizing human resources, and we've talked about this before, is we're primarily talking about managers implementing this. Whether they're people in HR or whether they're people in operations, uh, their performance needs to be linked to uh, their um, uh, ability to complete the necessary pieces of the puzzle that you're trying to implement. Um, you know, the old, uh, the old cliche is what gets measured gets done, but I think that's really true. And so the performance review, the performance incentives need to be linked to, to the compliance initiatives that you're trying to feed down this chain of command out into the field to those remote workers. Um, that's important not only uh, to make sure that you can implement this properly because you're not going to be able to do it probably from a central location. You probably don't have the resources to do it top down. You need to engage all of those uh, line managers, people on the front line, those operational people. But also it helps you uh, uh, document the incentives in your compliance program. Now remember, we've talked about this many times. Uh, when you look at the organizational sentencing guidelines, if you look at what makes the hallmarks of the sentencing guidelines that make an effective program, one of the hardest ones to, to, to implement and to document is incentive, incentives for compliance. Well, it's really easy to document if a, uh, a line manager out in the field has a, uh, a quarterly, res quarterly responsibility or monthly responsibility to communicate certain messages and make sure uh, that they're keeping an open door so that people can report on compliance and that they document uh, their activities around communicating, training, and uh, monitoring for compliance. Those are measurable things. And if they get, uh, if part of their performance is linked to that, that shows incentivization of compliance. And so you're not only um, uh, reaching those hard to reach people, uh, utilizing systems that are already in place, uh, uh, make operationalizing compliance in an important way by engaging those managers, but you're also hitting that sometimes hard to hit component of incentivization. Uh, so keep that in mind as well. Just a couple more things to say on this uh, to kind of close out. And again, it's it's probably the most important of the three things I'm going to say today is, you know, when you're talking about these folks that are right um, uh, in the thick of it, that are local managers, that are, you know, that vast middle, uh, tone, in, tone in the middle that we want to get, uh, remember, uh, why are they so important? Well, I have—I uh, don't know that I was the first one to coin this phrase, but I've been saying for years now, all culture is local. If you're looking to improve the ethical culture of your organization, you have to improve the local ethical culture of your organization, and you only do that by engaging the middle. These people are in contact with uh, the rank and file on a day-to-day -day basis. They're who people look to to report. They're who people look to to get the idea of what is acceptable and not acceptable. Uh, they're the law. 
uh, in many respects, particularly if you're talking about uh, high intensity, uh, 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 sometimes dangerous work out in the field in um, in remote locations. So culture is local. You have to be engaged and have a hand in how that culture is going to be developed and, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, curated and what kind of resources are available and how it's going to be measured. That's uh, really important. And then the other thing uh, around engaging local management, local operational people, um, is that that is going to also bring you other local flavor. Uh, if there are, if you're a global organization, that's going to bring you uh, local customs and norms because that that manager, even if they are not local, they presumably have become familiar uh, with uh, the the local culture and the local norms, and they're going to be able to best interpret uh, and 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 uh, speak and communicate to the local population in a way that perhaps uh, you would not be quite as effective at, at least initially. Um, you know, it's it's going to be language in some cases. Uh, for, you know, if if you're not speaking the 27 languages that are spoken throughout your organization yourself, uh, then you obviously need somebody who's going to be able to translate the important messaging and uh, uh, create that uh, feedback loop for you in the local language. And uh, whatever local customs, local operations uh, that have existed, the history of that part of the organization is important. And you really need those boots on the ground to understand that and how uh, and, 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 and be most effective in delivering the messages and providing uh, feedback when necessary. The second thing I'm going to talk about is uh, more centrally located resources. What are some things that you can do uh, from the head office or the main office, uh, uh, so to speak, to make this happen? Well, the first is to provide materials and support to those uh, people in the middle, uh, those operational managers we've just been talking about. So that's going to be, and we've talked about this before, and if you go back through and look at some of the older podcasts, you can find where I've opined um, uh, during an entire podcast about the different uh, materials that you can provide uh, those managers to make sure that they are well suited uh, to communicate those messages. So I'm not going to belabor that point here. But basically, it can be anything from uh, an email with a couple of bullet points to a fully prepared PowerPoint presentation to videos to anything, you know, whatever resources that you're bringing bear to train and communicate around these issues, you can uh, uh, distill that information or provide that information uh, to those managers. So providing them the resources they need uh, is important. Uh, that's one of the key things you can do from um, the uh, from the central office. The other thing uh, is to monitor uh, how things are going. Um, you know, the, 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 probably the best way to do this is to engage the um, audit process of your organization on a periodic basis to audit and find out. Uh, for example, if you have been uh, encouraging people to train on uh, anti-harassment uh, policy of the organization and, and your process for reporting harassment, um, bullying and, and sexual harassment and everything else, um, then, uh, you know, audit should take a look, um, uh, go, go down and see how effective uh, that communication has been. How, do people have people actually received that communication? Do they actually understand that they have the ability to report? Do they feel comfortable reporting? Um, these, you know, that's uh, just an example of how you would audit or, or assess 
the effectiveness of a particular uh, piece uh, down in the, in, in, the um, uh, in, in the field, so to speak. So uh, monitoring is an important thing that you can do uh, from, the, uh, from the home office, from, from headquarters. Uh, another uh, related thing, and I'm taking this directly out of the SCC, SCCE Compliance Handbook, Section 3.20. Uh, I can't remember whether it was Joe Murphy or, 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 or perhaps Roy or somebody else who coined this term secret shoppers, which is to uh, anonymously review the process uh, out in the field, uh, to have somebody out there uh, attempting to make a report uh, to a manager or attempting to raise a report through uh, the local HR process or um, uh, otherwise uh, anonymously or, or, or surreptitiously uh, trying to assess how comfortable people are coming forward. We know that these messages are being uh, and the materials are being sent down the chain of command but are they actually being properly implemented and do people really uh, uh, buy into it? Uh, so that secret shopper that goes along with um, auditing, kind of more traditional auditing and looking at the pro uh, processes to see how effective things have been. Uh, training uh, provided to the managers themselves. Uh, the first, I think, important thing to do is you can't just drop all those materials I was just talking about on a manager without giving them any background as to what their role is and why it's important. Um, I have, again, uh, opined many times on this podcast and elsewhere about making the business case to middle management about why this is important, why this isn't just another responsibility that you're saddling them with, why it's important for them to consider. Uh, so you need to train them. You need to you know, message to them initially saying, hey, we're going to be uh, asking you to do more and asking you to be the conduit for uh, messaging down the chain of command about important compliance issues and keeping an open door and being a conduit up the chain of command back to us or HR or the other reporting mechanisms to make sure that we know what's going on. And here's why it's important. Here's why it's a bottom line issue. So you make the business case to them. You sell those managers on the importance of this and then uh, that will prime them uh, to to then take um, take their role seriously, um, and uh, that's also the opportunity to introduce the notion that this is going to be part of performance review. Um, so manager training needs to be one of those other centrally located uh, important aspects that you, as the person or persons responsible for the compliance program, should be undertaking. Uh, and I would, uh, as a, as a um, uh, asterisk to that, I think it's important for senior managers, the CEO, people of significant stature in the organization to be involved in that training, even if it's just recording a video message saying, hey, managers, this is vitally important. This is a mission critical aspect of our organization. This is what we need to do to make sure that we not only are in compliance and don't have uh, failures and misconduct that derail us, but that we can create a more, uh, a better culture, a more successful organization overall. Uh, because as we all know, uh, having a ethical culture uh, leads to a lot of other uh, benefits to the organization beyond just not getting in trouble. And so the third and last thing I'm going to talk about, which is 
I think in many of these discussions, when you're talking about remote workers and reaching them and getting to them, is often the first thing that's discussed. Uh, I, you know, I kind of on purpose have left this towards the end. Doesn't mean that I think it's unimportant, um, but I think it's less important than the human aspect. It's less important than engaging the middle, uh, engaging uh, the management of the organization to engage that middle. Um, but but the last piece, the thing that I, I think you also wanted to think about is uh, technology and other systems uh, that can help you reach remote workers. Obviously, uh, mobile training is a big piece of this. Almost all of your major uh, compliance training organizations out there now have some sort of mobile uh, tool um, that can reach people either on their phones or on tablets. Um, uh, or, or, or they have an LMS system that's flexible uh, to reach people however uh, where, however, and wherever they're located, remotely, offline, what have you. Um, another important aspect that I see more and more often are compliance portals. Um, obviously, this uh, still uh, requires your remote workers to have some sort of internet access so they can get to the portal. Uh, but assuming uh, as we progress along that more and more of our remote workers, although they're not in our offices, they still are connected, uh, portals uh, become more and more important. And the portal obviously can have uh, a link to the LMS. It can have uh, your policies and procedures and your code of conduct. It can have uh, uh, regular communication and information about important risk topics. Um, and uh, video, audio, other things that are going to be of interest uh, to the population and um, uh, address the compliance issues that they face on a regular basis. So a portal is important. Uh, another thing that I think is important is uh, going, taking our first two pieces of the puzzle, which is still having uh, human contact as much as possible and having managers involved and also providing uh, support from the top levels of the organization to those managers is, uh, uh, you know, quote unquote, air, I'm doing air quotes right now, live training that is actually via webinar or Skype or maybe even a podcast. Uh, you, you know, there are ways to reach people where you still have a little bit more of the human touch than uh, through an online LMS. Um, again, uh, LMS technology, uh, training technology, training tools are, are getting more interesting, uh, more useful, uh, more dynamic by the day. Um, I work with a lot of organizations uh, that use all of, use these tools and use them successfully, and I work with organizations that, organizations that develop these tools. So I'm certainly not against them at all. But uh, you know, having uh, the ability to see someone via Skype or at least hear someone via a podcast or via a webinar. Um, in a live webinar, you can ask questions. Uh, via Skype, you can ask questions. You can't really do that with uh, pre-prepared uh, online training. Um, you know, Online training allows you flexibility on, on delivery and timing of that delivery, uh, so you don't have to get everybody together at the same time. But for uh, you know, a certain tranche of your employees or stakeholders that you want to train on something in particular, like say uh, FCPA or anti-corruption, uh, perhaps you want to get them all together for a web, a live webinar, even if you can't get them all in the same room, so that at least there can be some give and take. There can be a question and answer period. Uh, it, you get that give and take. Uh, you get that in live engagement that you don't necessarily get from uh, online training. 
And uh, the other great thing about doing a, as much of that as you can, of even you know doing a series of uh, podcasts on different topics that you put up on your portal uh, for people to download and, and um, uh, marketing and trying to get people to uh, download the, those podcasts on those topics, it, it removes those layers, which you don't really want. Uh, between you and the message or the messenger messenger and the message to the people who really need to get the message um, it's a little you know it's uh, probably in most cases not going to be quite as effective as that local manager being engaged in the process but it allows you uh, to reach uh, more people in different ways so be creative use technology creatively as well and uh, that can be effective but um, don't forget the human element I really think that that's an important thing to keep in mind so that's it for this time uh, if you again if you're going to be in Houston uh, here in the next few days uh, February 10th through the 12th uh, at the Western Galleria uh, Western Oaks I, or, or and that's an important distinction for those of you who are not from Houston uh, there are two Western I believe there's still two Western hotels there so it's the Western Oaks uh, the SCCE is going to be having the Utilities and Energy uh, Conference. It's a great conference. Uh, I know it's sort of last minute, uh, but if you are in the Houston area, even if you aren't in the Utilities and Energy uh, space, if you need CLE or CCEP credit, it's a great way to get it. Um, there's going to be, to take a look at the uh, agenda online at comp uh, corporatecompliance.org. I think you uh, can find something that would be of interest. Uh, please join us. And until next time, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Compliance Beat. Check out our website, compliancebeat.com. This podcast is brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Be sure to check us out at moorheadconsulting.com.